Welcome to the inaugural uh, episode of the Real Profs podcast. I'm Professor Matt Green. Dr. Jason Beals. Professor Matt Friels. As always, uh, with me, my uh, three of, uh, well, as always, two of, um, nope, let's try this again. As always, uh, let me just do the whole thing. Let's do this all <laughs> over again. No, all no, right. I think we just keep going. <laughs> let's just let's try this one more time. The Here three we go. best okay. friends that anybody <laughs> yes. can have. That's right. Yes. Okay. Can I eat tortilla chips while we're doing this? Uh, I guess it's really professional. Wow, that's a lot of editing for what we're about to do. Yes. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. I see dead people. Hasta la vista, baby. You can't handle the truth! I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. So, tonight, uh, we went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I want to talk about that and kind of get into it. Like I said, for those of you that are just joining us, uh, that we basically, again, the whole purpose behind this is we want to help you kind of think critically about the the movies and media that's out there. So let's just kind of dive into the uh, the film, fellas, um, and kind of talk about what the messaging is uh, behind Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This is uh, one of Marvel's latest um, kind of additions. Um, you know, initial thoughts in regards to uh, what's the messaging? You know, I, I enjoyed the movie, first off. Um, and uh, I felt like it was... Uh, at least one third of the movie was a advertisement for ASPC, um, Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of an angel, uh, <laughs> animals with big eyes looking at you like, uh, you know, they, they need to be saved. Um, I think, uh, I think overall, a um, couple of different messages, but the biggest one that, that I think shown through was just um, the importance of family, the importance of friendship, um, I think that that was a key um, theme. Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, I think that's been kind of a, the through point of uh, the Guardians films is, you know, to take a note from Vin Diesel. It's all about family, uh, you know. And so, again, well, just that that crux that that's the that's the core of these stories. And I think a lot of that comes from James Gunn, who is the writer director and family's a a big part to him. Um, and so obviously he brings that to, to his movies. Um, you know, uh, Phil, did you have any, any thoughts just, yeah, no, I, <clears throat> yeah, it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, but kind of on the, on the major theme first animal cruelty, I think was number one. I really enjoyed and, and appreciated that aspect of it. And then Sarah McLaughlin, as you mentioned, coming in and saving the day. Um, but I you, also you enjoyed the animal cruelty. Uh, well, depending on how you look at it. So I enjoyed it because I knew Sarah McLaughlin was going to come in. And <laughs> save the day. So when you know the hero is coming, you enjoy the torture. So, uh, but no, I, you know, one of the other major themes that you pick up, obviously, interestingly enough, is, um, is, is, is if there is a God. Um, and if there is a God, then what he created, was it good enough? That was kind yeah. of like, yeah, there's. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. There's, you know, again, back to some of our key questions, you know, in regards to the, you know, obviously the message, what's being portrayed as good, uh, noble, what's being portrayed as ignoble, are good and evil clearly defined? Are there any uh, Judeo-Christian values in the film? Uh, the villain in this film, 
Uh, we're going to do our best to stay away from spoilers here, but our, the villain in this film is named the High Evolutionary. Uh, and um, he, his whole idea is to create a utopian society, a perfect society. Uh, and again, from the trailer, you can kind of get that with Rocket. Obviously, he did a lot of experimenting on Rocket. Um, and there's a lot of interesting lines in this film uh, yep. that they say that I thought was uh, really, really interesting. You know, there's a moment when they're talking and one of the characters says, be not as you are, but as you should be. Uh, and so like, what do you got? I mean, what is that? Like, what is that saying? What are they saying with that? I think, um, from a philosophical standpoint, there's been for, uh, since the turn of the 19th century into the 20th century, uh, eugenics and, um, trying to create the perfect, uh, human, if you will, through selective breeding and things like that. And then, I think in the last uh, 50 years, especially, there's been a, a movement for transhumanism. And those two things just jumped right out in this whole movie. If we're talking about like, hey, let's let's go take a deeper dive. Yeah, I think you start to see like that we can we can perfect and get even uh, past humanity, transcend humanity uh, by modifications and trying to create that which is perfect and you start to realize quickly um that the movie shows that, that that's not possible it's not going to happen uh, because uh, backdrop the marvel universe there is no god in the marvel universe that's why you have all of these superheroes and things like that and yeah so you you start to see really quick the goal and the idea of we need to modify humanity go past humanity evolve from where we are to uh get something uh more perfect yeah well and, and it's okay just there's this constant interplay between the high evolutionary that this villain who's trying to create this perfect society and his creations in regards to um the creation almost starting to be smarter and in rocket's case um, have a better knowledge of how to create than the creator himself. Yep. Uh, and there's a line um, where uh, he said the, the, the evolutionary actually asks Rocket, how did you know? Like, again, placing creation above the creator, obviously in this little G. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and there's a moment where he even says, the, uh, the high evolutionary says, there is no God. That's why I stepped in. Yep. Uh, and again, I thought, okay, there. it's so fun. Like these guys, they can't eat. They cannot help themselves. Right. Like here he is. He's doing a Marvel movie. Okay. In the grand scheme of things, it's a silly, stupid, right? It has no eternal value, but here's a guy who you can see James Gunn, writer, director is struggling and battling himself with this whole idea of creation and a creator. Yeah. Um, and and I'm sure if you were to sit here down here, he would not think of it that way. Um, but it's evident as soon as you watch this movie. One yeah, of the I, things I kind of picked up on, on the evolutionary part that I thought was interesting is that it's like he kept having to go because no matter what creation he came up with, they became evil when they were fully developed. So I thought that was an interesting kind of perspective or point of view that was brought up in the film as well. 
Yeah, and you you what you see too is this so-called creator um using evil means to try to get to something perfect, right? And right. I think the whole movie um in that like the high evolutionary and, and all of that just for me screamed Psalm 14. The wicked fool says in his heart, There is no God. Mm-hmm. The next line in scripture in uh, Psalm 14 says they act corruptly. They commit abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. And so you, you see that play out this, the fact that the one who is powerful enough to create these beings in himself is not perfect and yet tries to attain perfection through what he creates. And it just totally devolves and, and just becomes chaos uh, in this what what does it say in regards to this film where you have a uh, the creator again, um, the high evolutionary who keeps trying to create over and over again, right? Um, but almost tr- keeps trying to create and control and manipulate its creation. Like I felt like that was an interesting, you know, um, thing that they were kind of tackling here. Their v- the view of the creator was twisted. And um, again, uh, you know, maybe I don't know, Jason, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that there was definitely, I, I can't tell you what James Gunn was attempting to do. I can tell you what it appeared to be. And almost as if any kind of idea of a creator um, automatically assumes the worst in that creator that then you know, uh, creates these things and tries to manipulate and, and almost like a fatalism of those. And then Rocket, as he um, transcends his creator, kind of shows that um, the more he becomes human, right, the more that he can put uh, thoughts together and come up more with More self-realized, right? Yeah, self, self-realization, yeah. And yeah. Because you have other creations who... They can go through things rote uh, memory, but they can't actually like think through logically and solve things. So the more that Rocket becomes human, the more he transcends and becomes greater than his actual creator, which is at baseline the very concept of humanism and naturalism kind of combined together. That there is no uh, God and and that all that there is, uh, all that we see is what is there and so I think there's a lot of that subtext coming through from a theological perspective. Okay. So again, just using our questions here as kind of a guide, it, what's being portrayed as good or noble in this film? The family? Love. Yeah, love. I think sacrificial love. Yeah. And you, you see that where one character doesn't realize why the rest of the characters, the the group, is going to go save or try to save. Um, Rocket rocket and so i'm trying not to you know trying to be careful of spoilers or whatever but but you see that um contrast of you know living for self living you know for your own benefit and then the group saying no we're going to sacrifice we're going to move forward and you do see kind of played out this biblical concept of um there's no greater love than someone laying down his life for another uh idea and then what would you guys say is being portrayed as, you know, ignoble? A creator-creature distinction, I think. Yeah. 
right? Which and that's the interesting thing here, right? When we get into like our good and evil clearly defined, I would say it's not clearly defined because the portrayal of the creator is as though he's evil. Yeah. And it's just this, you know, uh, again, this being that wants to manipulate and have fun just to please himself. Um, and again, uh, that makes, uh, again, knowing what little I know about James Gunn in regards to what he has shared about his worldview and just his philosophies of life, there's definitely a nihilistic kind of view uh, that, that he that he would hold to. Um, but there was an interesting line in there, Matt, that I thought was interesting um, in terms of like the creator um and that which was created yeah one of the characters goes in and says there's the hands that made us and then there's the hands that guide the hands that made us right almost pointing to a higher power which threw me off in the film because of the direction of the higher evolutionary the whole time so yeah like, so they've, they've hinted so, so if you go back to the second guardians of the galaxy when they introduce kurt russell as a god he's um uh star lord actually says to him you're a god and he says little g um, so they do, they make a distinction there, which is, which is interesting. Um, it's kind of like when you go out, cause we're both Matt, you, you point to me and he go, he's little M little M. I always yes. say that yes. people say, how can you guys tell each other about it? he's little M he's I'm little big M little M. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So are there obviously right, M&Ms, M&Ms, M squared. Yes. Um, <laughs> Jay, you get to be sandwiched between the two M's. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, you're the filling. I'm Skittles yeah. over here. You're Skittles. <laughs> um, the and I think we've covered. I think there are some Judeo-Christian values in this uh, that we've talked about. Um, but again, it gets all that gets muddied right with the overarching view of um, the Creator and the, that the Creator is this, you know, kind of um, uh, just evil kind of being and and again back to your what you were talking about earlier uh guys in regards to the fact that who is the smartest person in this the animals yep the creatures yeah. uh yep. and so obviously that 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 kind of nature um you know love yeah. uh, and worship uh um, the, the irony is though is that the only okay so you have other animals that haven't evolved to a humanistic level and they're, you know, just cute and cuddly or whatever. But then you have these other creatures who are human-esque, but yet they're animals. And, yes. And so they they have to, and it just shows you that distinction that God even makes in creation, that man is kind of the culminating feature of creation, the image bearer, if you will, and then all the other animals uh, or all the other creation, uh, is, there's a there's that gap. There's so you see that even in the movie, even though they don't address that at all. Right. Anybody that has a a proper understanding of Genesis one and two sees that that the only way that these animals move up and can be any kind of logical, rational being is to exemplify human characteristics. That's great. So hopefully, listener, when you've uh, um, been encouraged by this and when you go to watch the movie or watch other movies, you really go in and, and with a critical eye to think about these films. Thank you for listening to Real Profs, a production of the Center for Thinking Biblically. To support this ministry, please visit thinkbiblically.org backslash donate. 
To learn more about the Masters University on campus and online undergraduate and graduate programs, visit masters.edu.